Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Spilling Ink. We are the talk show that takes you behind the book to meet the authors and professionals in the publishing industry. It's another week guys. How's everyone doing? Good. I still uh, exist. You still <laughs> exist? <laughs> I'm back in New Hampshire for the season. <laughs> no more I, won't, I won't hold that against you. Uh, Maine, Maine is uh, closed. <laughs> uh, I'm hanging out in Baltimore. Yeah. How's the weather out there? Because you guys have got to be getting nice weather compared to where I'm at. Oh, yeah. Um, it's in the 70s right now. Yeah. It gets a little bit uh, cold at night, but not so much. Same here in Pittsburgh. 70, 75 today. This is the warmest October. I, I mean, it seems like every October is just like summer, like spring too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. today was beautiful. Today was in the low 70s up here, but um, the other night it got down to like 34. So it was freaking cold. Yeah, we haven't got we haven't gotten that far yet. We ain't we yeah. ain't done on that yet. Well, you're still south of here. That's true. <laughs> you're south of here. That's true. <laughs> Meanwhile, we're still just rain. around the hundred mark, and we haven't had rain since April. So yeah, you're at the ass end of hot. <laughs> You're like you're like four blocks away from the frickin' equator. <laughs> oh, and Joe in California, seventy four and cloudy. Send the clouds my way, Joe. Well, of course it's cloudy. Your whole state's on fire. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Those aren't rain clouds. Yeah. Those are not rain clouds. <laughs> Those are tree souls passing into the ether. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. All right. Yeah. Well, before we get into it, let's pay homage to our sponsor, who we obviously know is watching. Hi, Joe. You're ready for an ad from Go Indie Now. Hello, everybody. I am Joe Compton, and welcome to our channel, Go Indie Now. This is the place that celebrates indie artists and indie art. And we do so by producing several shows that either air on daily, weekly, monthly, or seasonal scheduling. And within those shows, we aim to educate and entertain you. If you're you're an indie artist who's trying to figure out how to do this, this is the place you need to be. If you're an indie artist who's looking to promote and doesn't have any avenues and, and is tired of the grind, this is the place to be. Because remember, it's always time to go indie now. That's right. It's always it time to go indie now. That's we love what, you, Joe. Joe, is, Joe mm-hmm. is one of the reasons that we are able to stream from our one platform to Facebook and to YouTube at the same time, as well as to send all the audio to our podcast network. So thank you, Joe, for helping us to do that. All right. So let's jump into it. we got a brand new artist to introduce everyone to. Delshan, tell us about uh, yourself and your books. Hi, um, I'm Delshan Tyett Baker. I am the author of, this is my first book on following the dots. Um, it is about a sojourn in Barcelona. Um, a breakdown in Baltimore and finding your path no matter where you are. Uh, it is part memoir, so it's really a personal account of my own story. Um, but it's also part self-help, like how do you find your own path? And just an account of what's happening in the world today as I as I see it. All right. So how long did it take you to write that book? It depends on when you start counting, right? So it uh, somewhere between 10 years and six months. <laughs> uh, so I think actively writing about six months okay all right and what what was the reason you started writing it was it more for your own personal self or did you want to to inspire others and and so like it was coming from a couple of different places like i've always thought that i wanted to be a writer so when i was in high school i got my poem read actually and the reader said i was meant to be a writer and i kind of i I bought that (laughs) um and i've written over the years like hundreds of thousands of words, but they've been in journals or they've been short stories and I've never really shared them outside of my, you know, in my really close sphere. Um, And so I was trying to meet my calling, which is actually to publish something. Uh, And on following the dots is I had some content. I just was going to like publish anything to get myself like through the block. Um, But what, what happened was like, I've, I've realized that I had a lot to say about something that was really important. And so the, it was a really a difference maker in my life. And now I really care about like getting the message out there. That's awesome. And, and how many of us have notebooks filled with just anything? <laughs> yes. oh my yeah, I still have, I still have my huge 
folder from high school right here mm-hmm. on this side of me. My, my, unfortunately, all my high school writings got killed with the com- with a computer when my husband reset it because it was. <laughs> yeah. so, so yes, yes. That's that sucks. Redundant backup is important. <laughs> There's yes. two kinds of people in this world: those who back up and those who will. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I oh yeah. All on the on the thing and got rid of the paper because I was trying to thin down all the crap in the house. <laughs> I was all happy and stuff. And then my the- mother found my cache of three and a half by five floppies. Go. Do you still need these? I'm like. <laughs> Oh, and I have nothing to use those with. Damn it. (laughs) Why didn't I remain on pen and paper? Yeah, I remember when floppy disks were floppy. Yeah, I I remember the the, the actual floppy ones where if they were within a foot of Mm -hmm. a magnet, everything was wiped from it. Yep. I remember those. I still remember my Commodore 64. (laughs) <laughs> yes so, so i'm sorry go, go ahead. so redundant backup yes, yes. online so what was the um apart besides you know following your calling what was what, what made you really sit down and really commit to this project and say this is what i'm going to put out there yeah. this is it Right. So um, I had been journaling through a really tough time in 2016. Um, I was an executive at a multi-million dollar nonprofit organization and running operations and finance, but also like hyperventilating in the bathroom because I was really burdened about what was going on internally. And then also what was going on outside at the time, you know, being a black American, it was at the height of where you could really like be hurt and I'm like running to my car and uh, cause I was scared. Um, and so I, I journaled to just get myself through that, through that time. Um, and then like flash forward when I wanted to like put out a book or like really become an author, I started with content that I already had. Um, and the, the other content I had was when I went on the sojourn to Barcelona, it was just like wonderful. So I had like, two different bookends of the story of life. And also a speech I had given about um, following your dots, like figuring out if you're in the right place at the right time. Um, And so I I want to tell both of those stories. Uh, In in COVID, actually the pandemic happened at a time that it actually aided my process, right? So everything shut down. And I had just quit my job to become a consultant and I wasn't going to be developing any business at that time. And I was like, well, best time to write it is to write it now. Right. So mm-hmm. it really helped. That's up. So I guess walk us through your process, you know, so you, you made this decision, this is what you're going to do. So what, what was your process? Because, you know, from me personally and from Katie, we're, we're fiction writers. Mm-hmm. So, of course, our process is going to be a little bit different. So walk us through yours. It was it was pain, just mostly pain. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, not really. So I, I, I started with two different types of content. Um, so some of it was journal writing. So it was really deep. It was really visceral. Um, and then the other content from Barcelona is I had written a blog to my family while I was there for two months. And so I had to do two different things. Like, so take this journal writing and convert it to external facing. And then I had to take this kind of external writing and make it deeper, like journalistic writing. So I came at it in two different ways. Um, But more practically, I wrote every day. So for that, like six months, I wrote every single day um, and just like changed it and let it out. And then one of the biggest turning points is when I finally let it be read by a content editor. I hired a content editor to like go through the text. It was the most painful experience ever. Like I just kept on telling myself, it's not good enough, it's not good enough. <laughs> like give it away, give it away, give, give it away to somebody else. Um, but that was a turning point in the in the process of actually getting published was to like let it go and let another uh, another writer look at it. All right, so I have to ask too, because that's for, for all of us authors, that is the scariest moment, I think, when we give it to someone else to read and yeah. there's that silence as you wait for their response. And of course, you know, your inner voice is gonna be like, oh, it's gonna be horrible, they're gonna hate it. 
and it's never as bad as you personally think it is but when you get it back and like the red lines are everywhere you're like oh my god like what was that like for you well i i set a really low bar which is great i was just hoping that whatever they said didn't make me just want to vomit <laughs> so, <laughs> so like all you got to do is get through it like you you don't want to like curl up in a ball and like die yeah. um and i i got pos i got positive feedback so just any type of any type of positive feedback was fine but my bar for myself was really to like actually just survive the feedback because like you said, I, I knew that it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. And I knew that was in my head and I just had needed to get to the process. So I set that, I set that bar. It's like, as long as you survive the feedback, then it'll be fine. Um, mm -hmm. But it was petrifying. It was more petrifying to give it away than it was to get it back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then as Katie says, the silence of waiting. Oh and, God, that, and, that wait <laughs> is just painful. Oh yes. It's like, okay, they, they haven't said anything. It's been two <laughs> days. Why have you not given me any feedback? Yeah. Why? Oh my God, they can't think of any nice things to say. It was that bad. They yeah. think it is, oh my God, they read it and they killed themselves. Oh my yeah. God, I'm a murderer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a murdiddly erdler. <laughs> yeah, I actually picked a content editor um, that I knew was nice. <laughs> so I, I, went, I, went, I went on a portal and I gave out a test chapter. So that's like one of the process points that really helped me. I gave out a test chapter and I had three content editors edit that test chapter. And I actually picked the one who I liked both their style, but I also liked their, their edit. So I, I knew she was going to be nice, even if it was crapola. <laughs> Uh, so that was Who helpful. knows the saying crapola, by the way? <laughs> well, now, so what, what portal did you use? Did you use Fiverr? I used Upwork. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I like this comment. I think yeah. it's worse when they say, oh, yeah, it's good. Nice job. Yeah. That oh. sucks yeah. even worse. Yep. Yeah. I, when, I when I wrote, when I finished my first rough draft of my very first book, I gave it to my ex and I was like, so what do you think? She was like, well, first she had this look like what goes through your head? And then, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's nice. And it's like, Oh, Oh, and it's not ready. <laughs> it's, it's, it's garbage. And, but although, but it actually kind of, it was kind of horrible. I had, to, I had to re, I had to rework that like God knows how many times and I'm still not like a hundred percent satisfied with it, but it's like, Unless I'm just going to rewrite the whole damn thing, which I'm not because I'm lazy. Well, I, I, love my, I love my father's response to my first book. He goes, there's a lot of sex in it. <laughs> it's worse that your father read it. Yeah. yeah. The, part. the fact that your father, I mean, it's bad. I mean, but the content actually warrants that, but still. <laughs> but I mean, it's like, I'm sure that once now, granted, my, my kid is going on 12. Yeah. But I, I've accepted the fact that at some point he's going to become a sexual creature. But it's mm -hmm. one of those things we don't discuss. Mm -hmm. But I'm pretty sure when your parent reads something that you write and they go, huh, there's sex in this thing. Why are you even bringing up sex in anything I do? That's as mm -hmm. bad as if you're watching my porn if I did porn. <laughs> Enough of that from you. Well, yeah, it was, a, it was a pretty brutal novel, too. <laughs> Yeah. My husband was my first like read through reader of uh read through reader <laughs> of the, after the content editor. Um mm -hmm. and there is there's some romance in there. Like this is my my book is is very 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 like PG. <laughs> um but but you do you do wonder like what the people close to you are going to think about those um spots and um there's some really um, intimate conversations between me and my father about pressure mm -hmm. and how he's feeling about being a black man in the world. And I did worry about like how he was going to respond to my like characterization of that like conversation. Mm -hmm. um, my husband loved it though. So he's like, this is really good. And yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't believe him, but because he's my <laughs> husband, but <laughs> and so I had, a, I had a ton of other people read it after yeah, that. Mine has yelled at me when I, when I didn't do an ending that he liked, he goes, you have to fix this. Oh yeah. I've <laughs> gotten yelled at. Like this. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I got yelled at for leaving a cliffhanger. 
Yeah. I was yelled at for that. Matter of fact, yep. I've had three people yell at me for my cliffhanger ending. Yep. And one of them was was my wife. She she yep. was like, "You better let me read what happens before anyone else." It's like, "But I'm working on it. I don't care. How could you end it like that?" It's like, "Keep them wanting more." That's right. the feedback that you want, though. You want yeah. them somewhat angry at you if you left them desperate to know more, because that means you you evoked emotion with them. Mm-hmm. You reached them. You connected them with the characters in the story. So I a little st- bit of anger on that is good. Yeah. I still have someone, like, I still have one reader coming at me and goes, I cannot believe you ended it like this. When is your publisher putting out the sequel? I want to know. And is yeah. like just pushing, and every time, like every so often, she'll message, she'll leave a message on like anything in my publisher p- post, and he'll just leave a soon wink face. <laughs> Rebecca yelled at you. Rebecca yelled at me. Sharon yelled at me, and one reader, um, Katrina yelled at me. Okay. Um, actually, just about each person that read Invincible Heart has yelled at me for how I ended it. Ooh. All right. So now pretty much. Every- question, though, here's the next question. And I'm going to direct it to our guest first, and then yeah, the can answer too. Yeah. Have you ever gotten feedback where a reader was truly angry at you for something you put in there? Um, I didn't, and and that was kind of miraculous because um, this is memoir, so we we're dealing with nonfiction here, and I had um, I named dozens of people actually, like, and and I went out and I asked for everybody's permission. <laughs> that that i that i named um no no one got mad but i did even though it's memoir get a lot of responses that said like i want to know more like i wish i talk about when i like coming of age in new york even though i was an adult and they wanted to know more about that or um Mm -hmm. they wanted me to dig deeper into the stories a ton of people asked like when are you writing the next next book um even though, you know, it's my life. There was no cliffhanger. I was hoping it wasn't a cliffhanger, you know. <laughs> the next day was like Tuesday is my real life. <laughs> <laughs> and then a car was coming at me head on. Did I survive? <laughs> um, but people do say it has a happy ending. It, it is really kind of a, a positive, um, focused way of like looking at life. That's awesome. I haven't gotten any real like anger. I did make a small change to sort of cut it off at the pass. Um, Basically, well, in The Enforcer, I kind of fudged a character's ethnicity a little bit to sort of work more into things. And I, I mainly just did that, like I said, just to sort of head things off at the pass. Plus, I thought it was better for the character. As I sort of, de- as I sort of dove more into the origins of said character, I felt that making that small change was, while minimal, it doesn't change who the character is or anything about the character. I just felt like due to the character's origins, it would work a little bit better. I mean, and and that's really all it was, but I haven't really, the only, I haven't gotten any sort of anger based on any of my content or any of my subject matter but you know i write i write silly stories about things that we don't we don't know don't exist mm-hmm. um but i'm pretty sure when my when my when my book ed and livy gets out again i might get some hate for that <laughs> i'm sure i'll probably have some people hating me and accusing me of you know misogyny and stuff yeah, survival games. I got a lot of negative. You I did? got I got some really bad, angry emails on that one, and I I I I responded, and I would say I'm sorry you felt that way, you know, but you you know just the fact that they were reacting so viscerally was exactly what I wanted with that book. That's why that's the one my dad read. <laughs> Sometimes any sometimes any reaction is the, the worst thing right. that can happen is no one cares. Right. That's yeah. the worst. Yeah, that's true. And like I, it, I flipped all those people into fans. You know, I you said go. I'm sorry, you know, that it that it triggered you because it did have some triggering things. You know, maybe you'd be more more, you know, amenable to this book because it's more of a, you know, neutral subject matter and doesn't have those, you know, key things like Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, because I, th- I think with Ed and Livy, Ed and Livy is is a pretty 
triggering type of book. Mm-hmm. But it's also, it's not like the way I'm I'm describing it terribly. Mm-hmm. But it it's probably the most intense book that I've written thus far until I finished the concussion. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. 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 Survival games was a, it's a thriller, thriller horror um, about a woman who's kidnapped into, in, into a porn ring. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Ed and Livy yeah. is a, um, an erotic thriller. Yep. <clears throat> kind of, wow. the, ca- kind of in the vein of, um, I guess if I had to do movie comparisons, I would say Monster meets Basic Instinct. Okay. I'm re- I'm really the outlier in the genre here. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but you yeah because but you know what what's really awesome though is that your subject matter is more of a broadening appeal where ours is more niche. Yes. Yours has a broader appeal because not a lot of people like urban fantasy. Not a mm-hmm. lot of people like, you know, stories that, you know, thrillers have thrillers. Or horror, right. Or, yeah. But a lot of people and people love a, a, a true story and they love a happy ending story. Yes. And, and, and right now, just speaking of the times. Yeah. And it's, yeah, especially being a, towards self-help right now and motivational absolutely. support and inspirational books than any other time before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially, especially not just as a person of color, but, a, but as a woman of color. You know, a lot of people like right now, our voices as people of color, and I said this off air, is really, really, really um, like in right now. And it, it's it sucks that so much negative had to happen for us to finally have voices. Exactly. But I've, and, but it really sucks that black women have to be going through this climate right now just to have a voice. It, it's it's. It's it's unfortunate, but at this point in time, if you can get people to be willing to listen to your voice, now's that time. And I think that you're you're, you're at the right time for that because we need that. We need that representation in our community. Yeah, it's a lot of uh, what I write is about um, voice, about getting your voice out there. Both the you know the small V voice is like who I am as a person, right? Mm-hmm. What, like, what do I care about? Uh, you know, I'm an artist and I'm a operations person and I really like Excel spreadsheets and, you know, I married into six kids, <laughs> right? Like, so like, what would I really care about? Um, and then what's, what's going on though, like in my city and what's going on in the country and how does that impact me? Right. I, one of my favorite quotes is like, um, I'm not growing a mullet, but I'm not not growing a mullet. That's, <laughs> that's, how, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. How I feel like a lot of the identities that I wear, it's like you know, I'm you know black. I'm blacky, black, 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 y'all. But that's not what black I, y'all, and I'm black y'all. What's the first thing that comes into the room all of the time, right? Like not not black, but of course I'm black, right? Yeah. Um, and and the, and there's a way that the world responds to you, like given your multiple identities, right? And given right. your multiple stories. Um, and I am really a proponent of this, like expanded story, and and everybody has a voice, and everybody should use that voice to really like tell their stories. And I think that one thing that definitely needs to be sort of put out there today, now more than ever, especially in a time of social media, is while we all should have our voice heard, a lot of people, and I see this on social media, which is why I always say social media bad, people need to understand that they need to listen to the message of the voice instead of just staying silent just long enough for your turn to express your voice. There's no way to have dialogue without listening. So when anyone, and I mean, even when it comes to like, especially when it comes to men dialoguing with women and here, here's a, here, here's a flash. If you want to know how to have a, a productive conversation with a woman, you have two of these, right? And there's a thing in between them. Use the thing that's in between. Listen. Listen. Quit being so quick to talk. And and I think that 
when it comes to, you know, we're talking about self-help and memoirs and everything. I think that when you write down your, when you use your voice in the written word, a person has no choice but to listen to your message and to take in what you're putting out there. And I, like I said, you know, just to jump back to that previous point, this is the, the best time, not just for a spiritual healing, I would assume, but also, yeah, to get people to understand where you're coming from, where you've been from, where you've been and what your story is. And that, that speaks really to the power of writing. Um, the, so there, there are a number of, they're all real people in the book. And, but one of the most um, frequent comments that I got was, hey, I was there. Hey, I remember that, but I didn't quite understand. Um, I didn't quite get it. And there was something about having it on the page that people who are very, very close to me, like ingested what was going on in my life and in their lives very differently. Um, there's my father, my sister, my coworkers. <laughs> um, one of the one of the biggest um, compliments or comments I've gotten is like, it's so relatable, right? So it's my, all of my own personal stories that people have um, automatically, you know, transposed their, their um, stories on it. But another big compliment is like, hey, I, basically I see you, I get it now. Uh, I didn't quite get it before. And it, there's something really powerful about like getting that, getting the word on page and having people, like people are forced to like read it and like understand it and move through it slowly. Can you give us an example? Um, yeah, a lot of them come from my dad. So, like, my, my, my dad's my friend, which you, you, it's all in the book. <laughs> um, but I'm kind, I'm kind of a chanceling. So, I, you know, I come from um, Baltimore beginnings, like the you know blue light neighborhoods. But was really, really a sm smart kid, um, and ended up going to Stanford. Um, ended up, you know running like organizations being a, like senior executive and I was like a project kid or like was first born there and everybody um, poured into me and supported me and also expected a lot. So there's a lot of pressure like this, like, hey, you you are part of us and you're one, a, a, a chanceling, I like to call it. Um, and my father, who is like my great friend is, um, my biggest proponent, but also my biggest like pressure <laughs> person, like saying like how I should show up in the world and what I could be, right? All of this potential. Um, and so the inside the book, there are some exchanges that I have with him um, ab about, you know, the pressure that I'm under. And I kind of like, just want to be normal. I'm like, leave me alone. And he was in those conversations. Like, I'm like, daddy said this, I said that. <laughs> um, but after I wrote the book and he read it, he came, he came back and he said, like, I had no idea what was going on. Like, I didn't know that, like, you were dealing with all of this stuff at work. Like, I didn't know that you were dealing with all of this stuff, like, externally. And I, 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 I heard you when I was talking to you, but I didn't quite get it. And I get it now. So if, if, if the book only did that, that's good, that's good enough. And so he's let me off the hook. And so now I'm, I'm allowed to kind of just be a regular person out in the world. <laughs> nice it's That's so awesome. true though that people they experience you from their perspective they don't know the other side of it and, and a lot of times we don't take into account that another person's perspective is going to be different from ours when we're dealing with them and i think that's where a lot of miscommunication and misunderstanding comes from and people don't they're not willing to do that they're not willing to look at the other side right yeah because everyone's a hero in their story mm -hmm. and you know, they, they are either unable to or refuse to see where they've done something that is anything less than heroic, you know, and it's it's hard for a lot of people. Some people can handle it better. Others just get so defensive that you, you can't make that point that you they miss. How dare how dare you say I misunderstood you? I know everything. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I'm a hero at all in my book. Oh my goodness. <laughs> no way. Um I I I think I think I strive to be as honest as possible. Right? So say the things you don't typically say, like uncover the things you don't typically uncover, right? Mm -hmm. Um and if I'm a hero, oh, I'm a, I'm a messy one, but I think <laughs> that everybody is like that right so if you look at people a lot of people on paper you would not know what it takes 
in order to show up in this polished way. And a lot of what I wanted to do was like uncover this veil, right? Like, so you go into a board meeting and you seem like you're really fancy and people don't know that you're really like hyperventilated. Right. Oh yeah. That's such a powerful image right there. Just the fact that you you can see this, you know, well put together, accomplished person standing at the front of the, the boardroom, giving a, a speech or, or delivering a meeting. And then you can cut, you know, almost like a, a movie, cut over to them, just sitting in the bathroom, hunched over, you know, hyperventilating into a paper bag. That's the same person. Right. Which one did you see? Right. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm the one that wants to vomit before I speak in front of, <laughs> in front of a group, unless I'm running a meeting. It's, it's very, very different. Now, do you... Yeah. In in your in your book, do you? I'm sure that you probably you know bring up different points of you being a, a black woman in this sort of corporate structure. Um, was it difficult to sort of think back to some of those more difficult times, or was it something where, yeah, I went through it, I'm better for it. Let's just put it out there. Oh, I, I don't think it was difficult. I, I found the whole uh, process really cathartic. Um, and, and because I started with in that, in that part, like journaling, um, it, I kind of had gotten out all of the emotion. Uh, now the, on the, on the other side, when I was like, um, in Barcelona, not to, to ruin it, but I spent a couple of months, um, right at my early career, like I stopped working and I went away to Spain to find myself. Right at the time when they say that you can't, but you absolutely can, right? That that's the key point that I'm trying to get across to everybody is like the power of that you can. Um, and I and I like flipped around the country and like looked at art and like listened to music and found myself for like two whole months unencumbered. Um, I actually found going back to that time more difficult in the writing, believe it or not. Really? Um, Yes, because, you know, I'm like reading about the sunsets and I'm reading about the guy that I like should have kissed, but I didn't kiss. And I'm like, why didn't you kiss him? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you doing? Um, so there was like, there's some regret that I met inside the writing process that um, I went that writing was older, so it was from like uh, 2012. And so I like went back to stuff that had happened longer ago and kind of refound myself and had to grapple again with things. Um, so that that was that was a lot that was a lot more difficult. Uh, and, and that was very surprising to me. Cause you, you would think that like writing about the hard times was more difficult than writing about the happy times, but it wasn't. Um, the happy times were hard, they were better to experience, but the writing was harder. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I can imagine, I know me every yeah. so often when I look back at the past and it's like, why aren't I still there? Ah, oh. Damn it! <laughs> Stupid time! Yeah. <laughs> I, I think the hardest thing, we talked about having notebooks earlier. In, in the recent move that I, I did, I found a lot of my notebooks that have been stashed away in the garage. Mm -hmm. And looking at the writing from then to now, as a, as a writer, as an editor, it was painful to look at the writing, but yeah. the memories that, you know, you still have that, that beautiful memory and it, it brought that memory back, but there was mm -hmm. that, that, you know, disconnect because the writing, I was going, oh my God. <laughs> you ever exactly. Look back, yeah. You ever look back at some of your old writing and be like, wow, I thought this was good. I'm so <laughs> much better than this now. <laughs> yeah, I can see the, the arc of, of change. And the, I just did you know. that. I just had to do that with yeah. a with a with a, a a a series that I'm kind of working on. That's like a series of shorts, from the very first entry to like the the fourth one. It's just like wow, that first one was a pile of crap. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've had the the you know chance to edit some stuff before. You know, I went back and edited some things. Um, you know, I made that first book not quite as violent as it was it's still violent um but you know in doing that i'm like oh Dude, i'm never going to jane's house because she's got torture areas just waiting for people i'm gonna start calling you jigsaw taylor okay <laughs> but i'm also doing me doing the audiobooks from the steve williams series so i'm listening to it and that one actually you know 
seems to be okay. Yeah, <laughs> but it was, it was like my fourth book, so. <laughs> wow. And a I, lot I, of, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I, a lot of times I go back and I think, uh, especially when I was like younger, I'm like, oh, this content's actually quite brilliant. What happened to that person? <laughs> right? And there's I'm like, side. That, you know, there's a, like, there's a clarity of like thought and of like values that you want to, you want to keep like moving forward. And it is, it's helpful. Like writing has always been a reflection for me. I think I've journals going back until when I was like 12, 12 or so. Um, and so I can go back and meet the person that I was. Oh, and I wish I could do that. Did, yeah. you a, a lot of short stories. Have you ever thought of putting them into like a short story collection? Uh, I have. I have. I started with a short story, mm-hmm. um, and so I used to. I used to write them in high school. They're they're funny. I can be like a real funny person, and even though like this, the book on following the dots has some upsides and some downsides. Even in the downsides, it's like it's funny. It's like because mm-hmm. I'm just kind of a quirky person, um, and so I started there writing these kind of uh, quirky little short stories, and I have a bunch of them. Um, and I thought that eventually I probably will return to short story. I have probably two or three books between me and um, the the short story return. But yeah, I think so. So what's next? That was going to be my next question. Yep. What are you working on now? Oh, um, that is really fascinating, actually, because um, at the top of the year or at the end of last year, I, I ventured out of the traditional work world, the, you know, nine to five, five days a week to become a consultant for socially vested individuals and organizations, help them actually actualize their intentions, like put put things on the ground, make things go. Um, And I was writing a book about that process. So, you know, how, how to get out of the architecture, how to divest, how to like map your own work and your own world. Um, And I stopped writing that book in order to write on following the dots because Mm -hmm. I needed a proof point. I was like, well, I've never published anything. It's been years and years and I don't wanna get to the end of this year and not be able to publish. And so I stopped and like wrote a book in the middle of that in order to figure out how to write a book. So um, I am living in the book of how you make your own life right now. (laughs) And and I am writing it. And so it it should wrap up, the writing should wrap up at the end of the year. So that'll be the next book I put out. Awesome. Nice. awesome. Always keep writing. Uh-huh. So now are you going so you're you're going the self-publishing route or do you have a publisher? I I don't know. So for for on following the dots, I went self-publishing. Um and it was just I wanted to get it out quickly. It it felt really timely. So even though I was telling the story about 2012 and about 2016, um, the end of last year and the top of this year really kicked up some stuff in society that I had to speak on. And so now the, you know, the beginning of the book and the ending of the book is, is about now. It's about how you put all of that into context and how you show up. Um, and it, so it felt re- very contemporaneous. And so I wanted to push it out. Uh, and so I chose self-publishing because you can really control your timeline, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you can really control the content and I really cared about that. And so, so for the, the next book though, I'm not sure I may um, seek a traditional publisher. I'm not sure yet. And both ways are, are completely fine to do. A lot of people these days have gone, gone from traditional only to a hybrid model where they pick and choose which books are going to go which way because mm-hmm. they might feel they get a better reach using a publisher or they might, like you said, have more control going by uh, self-publishing. So that's yeah. a really smart approach to it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's all trial and error at the end mm-hmm. of the day. What works for you? Mm. But as we were talking about before the show started, no matter which way you go, you're in charge of your marketing. Yeah. Yep. I still remember someone tried telling me, well, it can't be that hard. Look at what. I mean, well, they used J.K. Rowling at one point, but I don't think anyone wants to use her as an example. No, no. So can't. they were like, well, well, Rick Reardon. I said, yeah, Rick Reardon also has a team doing all of his social yeah. media. You really think he does his own social media posting? Probably, like, he probably has, like, different burner accounts. 
Look at that. You've already got a publisher yeah. interested in you. <laughs> oh, awesome. <laughs> Beauty. And we actually, we have a question. Joe is asking, did you disclose to the people who are real in your book ahead of time and get their permission before writing it? And was there someone who made you pull them from the story? Um, yeah, two questions there. No, I did not disclose before I was writing. Um, but I did get permission from every single person who decided to like keep their name in the story. Um, most folks actually wanted to use their real names. Like they, they liked how they showed up. Um, there were a couple of friends who like thought it was kind of fun to be under a pseudonym. <laughs> so, like I changed their name, but even in that, I still got the um, I still got permission. No one, no one pulled, but I guess it was just because of the the subject matter, or I probably had already self selected the stories um, that I thought people would probably not not pull out. Yeah, I'm pretty sure if you had like a friend that y'all had like a, a bad falling out, like, don't you dare put me in a book. How dare you? You didn't you, you don't strike me as a person that has that kind of many um relationships. No, I like no I'm mostly mostly I keep my friends around and it, it's fine. Um but I did I did care that about um them being okay with how they were characterized and i did have yeah. a couple of friends and even you know professional colleagues change a few words um and that was totally fine for me like the, even just the way i described their profession i remember being told oh you yeah. know i'm not in this type of um industry i'm actually in that type of industry like tweak that for me and so that that mattered because i didn't want this thing to be out there like forever and ever and right. you know I'm not characterizing you correctly. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, you 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 want everything to be as as authentic as possible. You don't want anyone coming back. That's not how that works. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Have, have have to the fiction writers. Have you guys yes. written anything that truly happened to you and and framed it in fiction? Nothing published. Um. Yeah. I'm just gonna leave it at that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well. I mean, it, silence is that. <laughs> well, in the concussion, yeah. the concussion is—it's a fictionalized autobiography. Mm -hmm. A completely fictionalized autobiography. I am actually using, even if some of the things that are happening are real, they're being like I'm, I'm keeping it as realistic as possible. Mm -hmm. Some things are just embellished for the story. Brian's yeah. historical fiction. Yeah, it's my it's my own sort of historical fiction, but with different people and blah blah blah. Like it's not like yeah. I'm using my name or anything or blah blah blah. No. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll let I'll let you read what's done on it so far at some point. Okay. Yeah. No, I did Silence, which um, was my high school year. So. <laughs> we gotta test I love it. Here. Yeah, I see it. it. I see it about calm. <laughs> yes. It's I'm funny. A, I'm a, you strike me as the type of person where everyone says she is too nice. <laughs> oh yes, I you know I don't know I don't know if I'm nice. Um, I strive to be kind. Um, I, so I, I strive to like do right by folks, uh, but I also strive to chill. Like so, a lot of what I'm talking about in the book is like this. There's this grind. I think grit is overrated. Right, I think grind is overrated. This idea that you like have to struggle, you have to like overcome in order to like do something like great. Um, and and so I've been proselytizing this like easier way to find your path <laughs> that is not necessarily like born of like struggle and I've struggled myself. And so you you see some of the I guess testimonies around that. <laughs> like calm down, breathe. <laughs> um, that's a good message though, because we do we we fight so hard for something to happen. And if it happens then we feel like exhausted by it. We can't enjoy it. But if we fight for something and it doesn't happen, then we're, we're mentally and physically ruined by it. But if you relax and you just try and come chill. at things from a let's do the right thing approach, you do tend to find where you're supposed to go and what's working and what's not. Yeah, that's a, that is a dot, right? And so like, dots are really about where. So everybody has their own path and dots are really about sensing if you are in the right place on your path, like you're asking yourself, you know, 
who am I? Where am I? You know, is this where I'm supposed to be? Is this who I'm supposed to be? Um, on my way. Uh, and you feel it. And so you're feeling for the serenity or you're feeling for the disruptions and serenity. Uh, so it gets you out of that um, kind of like kvetching over like, am I in the right place? Like, what am I doing? Like the universe will tell you with clarity. And I have some really poignant stories from my own personal experience that like, say, no, the universe will tell you, you will know that you're there because you will get these like signs, which I'm calling a dot. And then you just keep going. You keep moving forward. Um, and I'm trying to get more people to think like that. Like, are you on your dot? Are you where you're supposed to be? And if you're not, like, move. If you are, keep moving in that direction. Like, try to make it easier to sense where you're supposed to be. Throwing some Wakanda-level wisdom out there tonight. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> <laughs> Don't even start. <laughs> That was good. <laughs> yes. I mean, I mean, seriously, like that that's some real say that's some sage like advice. And I think that that's that, that that's really a lot of right now what we're needing in this society right now is, you know, just that kind of mindset and that sort of understanding because I don't even know where the hell we are anymore. We're in the upside down or whatever the hell. We 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 somewhere, but it definitely ain't the and it definitely ain't no right to this uh, i mean uh, aren't we like I, I like to call it shenanigans mm-hmm. <laughs> we are we are we are swimming in the sea of shenanigans and it's yeah. just it's it's not getting better like i even put a post on facebook that said i'm changing my status to anxiously awaiting november 10th i am giving society a week after the election to maybe start slowly moving back to sanity I mean, it's probably not going to happen because people seem to enjoy being in chaos and stupidity. So I'm just going to go to, I'm not going to go to Home Depot. I'm going to go to Lowe's and I'm going to buy a bag of sand and I'm just going to put my head under it. <laughs> well, I mean, that is an, that is an approach. <laughs> I mean, at, at least at least to catch my breath if I don't suffocate first and then face the other stuff. No, I'm hiding under my protective blankie because we all know that the blankie will protect you from everything. While you're sucking your thumb. The maestro thumb. Yeah. And then the question is, like, how do you how do you preserve your sanity, your calm and your peace? Um, while you also are at play, right? And so not yeah. at play like it's a game, but like you show up to be your best self. Like we need people who are like who've come alive. And so whoever's your best self, we need you on the field right now. And so how can you do that in such a way that you don't feel grinded, you don't you don't feel overwhelmed by what's going on? Because there is going to be a day after. There's going to be a day after. There's going to be a week after whatever happens next. And so yeah. the question is, then what? Right. right? You, you still have to be a steward of the world that you want to see and the person right. that you want to be, right? You still have to bring about change, right? And mm. and so it's not, it's not over. So when, I'm, I'm not skipping ahead because part of what I, we're pushing here is to like get out there, like make your, you know, make your voice count, you know, make your vote count. Um, yeah. But then what happens on the other side of that? Like it's, it's not predetermined. We still have a lot of agency. And right. so that's what I write about is like, what's your internal agency to calm yourself down? Cause I'm an anxious person. My sister likes to call us anxiety people. <laughs> like, so I will like freak out. I sound very calm now, but this is like years and years of like practice of self-practice. I get up every day. I meditate. I set an intention. I have like quarterly goals. I have yearly goals. Um, this year is to live like the doors are closing. Right. <laughs> um, I have a lot of things I do to like anchor myself. Um, but like, how do you anchor yourself? and also play like be a good steward of other folks like be on the field like do what you were intended to do like be where you're supposed to be right now yep i hear you i mean i've been using honestly i've been using i've been using exercise i've been using that to get to sort of center myself because i i was getting into a very very dark place and um I think that I think a lot of it really started coming to a head. I had just been working from home. And I believe that was around the time when everything came out about Ahmaud Arbery. And um, 
And then the Breonna Taylor stuff came out. And then it's like, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. I'm going crazy. I'm going crazy. And then I went back to doing my, my, my exercise, my DDP yoga. And I started realizing, huh, I can handle this better. And then George Floyd happened. It's like, all right, we got to kick this into overdrive because this ain't working. And like, literally that, that's, that's how I've been finding my balance in my center is like that that's literally the only thing that i feel like i can control even my own writing like i try to sit down to write my brain's like not not gonna do this today and i'm like but we have to do this I'm like no no we don't i don't have to do anything fine i guess i'll go get on the mat you uncooperative jerk <laughs> you know like walking getting you know getting your body moving you know yeah. body mind, spirit there's an organization called girl track they i don't know if you all have heard of it but they have um they're trying to get a one, one million black women to walk and you you like listen to um, stories about historic and current figures who are really like pushing in the movement. Um, but the, the thing is like walking is protest, like walking is resistance, right? Because we need to take care of ourselves. <laughs> we right. need to take care of ourselves mentally, but we also need to take care of ourselves physically and we can like and spiritually, right? You like mm-hmm. pray when you walk, you sing when you walk, all those types of things. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, especially, especially, you know, now, because, I mean, I, I listen to um the Black Information Network, like, daily, and just hearing, like, all their health news that comes out about, well, statistics show, and it's like, everything is just like how, like, negatively healthy the Black community is, and it's like, Jesus, if all these if all these things are true, we're just gonna die off one day. We're just gonna drop dead. I was like, well, not me. I'll be the last one standing if I have to. That that's like the thing, no. Everything is is hitting so many people. Just negative, 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 negative. Mm. It it almost becomes a. You get to that point where you're like, I don't want to get to tomorrow because it's just gonna be more bad news. Yeah. Shut down. Right. I mean, and, and that's. that's what, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I mean, there's stuff you can do about that. I, I write about it a little bit, like when I was definitely feeling overwhelmed, because it's not just the people who um, identify as, as black. It's like it's everybody, it's everybody, right? everybody, everybody. And 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 um, so I, I went on media gray out, right? So like I talk about like really, I, I had such a bad anxiety attack, like in the book that I ended up I ended up in the hospital. Um, I ended up in the hospital and. After that, though, in order to recover, uh, I want a media gray out, right? I stopped, like, listening, watch my in-feed, right? You, like, figure out, you surround yourself with family and friends. And so there is some stuff that you can do to, you know, bubble yourself in and, you know, stay healthy, um, given all of the in-feed. But it's definitely everybody. My hair was falling out. Mine, too. (laughs) (laughs) You sound you sound like the awesomest life coach like ever. I know. I'm like I'm like I love her. Yeah, I'm, I'm like start, I'm like starting to take notes. Like, yeah, I need to do. Th- yeah, what are you doing? She's so positive. Yeah, I told you Wakandan wisdom. I love that. I told you, man, that she got that Wakandan wisdom coming along here. We're at that that spot where we can we can do this right now. Let's talk about where people can find you and your yes. book. Oh, awesome. So everything is on following the dots. So if you go to onfollowingthedots.com, you can purchase the book there. Um, but you can also follow us on Facebook at onfollowingthedots. You can uh, follow on Instagram at onfollowingthedots. Everything's onfollowingthedots. Um, you can get there and you can get to me and ask me questions. So it's very easy, just onfollowingthedots. Um, and if you have your own story, this is what I would want everybody to do is like, if you're on your dot or you're searching for them, you know, share your stories, like following my dots, hashtag following my dots, or um, ask folks, are you on your dot? Like, where are you in life? But yeah, it's all on following the dots. And we're going to put that in the show notes at the end of the show, including that hashtag. I'm writing it down right now. I like that. Is it following my dots, right? Yes. I'm, I'm writing that one down. Yeah, Instagram. Oh, there we are. I was about to say Instagram's being a jerk. It's not letting me find you, but there we go. It's but just we will my make phone sure that everybody slow. can find you and your book because I, I do think it's a good message. It's a really good message, and we all we're, we all said it. We're feeling it. We're feeling the you know just in this 
space of where do we go next? What do we do? How do we get to tomorrow and be able to adult tomorrow? Because that's yeah. been the hardest thing. Yes. I just want to go and play. I just want to go outside and play as a kid again. And just like the only thing I got to worry about is skinning my knee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or, or getting home in time for supper. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I still remember at the time when it was just get in the house when the streetlights come on. Right. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Kids don't do that anymore today either. That's the mm-hmm. sad thing. Oh my God! If someone if someone sees your kid walking home from school alone, you're gonna end up having CYF show up at your house. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, we why to- is your child walking? How um, dare they go outside and play? Oh my God! Fresh air and sunshine. I'm sorry, God. I'm yeah. such a horrible person. Yeah. Meanwhile, growing up, my mom's like, "Get the hell out of the house and don't you come back till the streetlights are on." And no, your friends are not coming inside. Y'all play outside. Mm. Yeah, oh, yeah, we were talking about that. We used to play in the creek, and like yeah. you wouldn't, you wouldn't come home all day. Yeah, like, you, exactly. you would be. Yeah, you, you just have to be in earshot, earshot of your parents, yep. like screaming for you. When like, you hear, <laughs> whenever I heard "boy" in a particular yep. tone, I was yeah. before the the last syllable was out. I was halfway home. Yep. <laughs> even at fifteen, even at fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, it's like, well, gotta go. But on the flip side, though, my parents did have the num- the phone number of everybody that I knew. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't show up when they opened the door and yelled my name, they started calling people. Yep. They didn't know how to find you. Well, one, once I turned, but see, once I turned like 13, my mother was of the mindset, at this point, I did all I could with you. Don't get arrested. <laughs> she was like, I got to trust you not to be stupid. And then oh, she'd be like, because, you know, my, my mother was raising me by herself. And that, that, that in and of itself is a full-time That's job. That's the worst time to say that, though. Any 13-year-old. That's the Sorry. worst time to say that. Yeah. Go run amok as a, yeah. as a teenager. Pretty much. My mom would just be like, go do whatever you're going to do. Just don't have the cops coming back here. I've been working too hard. I'm tired. Yeah, got it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But I mean, it's I mean it, it's an it's an awesome message. It sounds like an amazing book. I'm definitely gonna be picking it up myself. Thank because... you, appreciate it. Let me know. Let me know what you think. Um, oh, absolutely. Share, share your thoughts. Oh, absolutely. I'll even leave. You know what? I'm I'm will read and leave a review because that is the right thing to do. Yes, please leave a review. Uh, leave it on the Facebook page. That'd be really awesome. Um, but yeah, on following the dots. All right, we got a couple of minutes before we're done. Last words from everybody. What message do you want to send out this week? Which one? Yeah, who? Which one? All right. Okay. Be excellent to yeah, each other. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that movie, by the way. Later. Oh yeah. Yeah, I love. I, I I know you d- you didn't like it. I love it. Which one? The Bill and Ted Bill and face Ted. the music. But we'll, that, uh, that, that's, yeah, totally that, 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 that's, a, that's a discussion for another time. Yep. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've got a book coming out this week. Woohoo! Yes. Can I share the screen? Yes, you can. Okay. Do you kill anyone in this one? No. Um. <laughs> or is that a spoiler? Is that a spoiler question? <laughs> it's a Jane book, what do you think? Ugh. <sighs> Some poor schmuck just had. There you go. Yep. Someone's dying. (laughs) Someone's been killed. I love it. Really beautiful cover. That is a very nice cover. See, she picks the best covers. That one. (laughs) Gorgeous. Yes. Gorgeous, gorgeous. Coming out on Tuesday. The paperback's already out. Nice. (laughs) And and thank you to Rebecca. (laughs) And, and, uh, and my other beta readers. <laughs> you didn't Not me because I failed this time. <laughs> well, Katie, if you if you want a quick if you want a quick read, you can read over some of my stuff. Yeah. That was the problem. I didn't have time, and normally I can get to to Jane's stuff, but I was so You're backlogged. Sorry. And yeah. when I have like a, a deadline for for editing or cover any of the stuff that I do, that has to be a priority. And I just <laughs> have the free time, and I feel so bad. That's the first time I've done that to her. I'm like, ah. That's well, mine okay. is just but twenty pages. Asking if I was wearing the spilling ink shirt, yes, I am. <laughs> See, my, my, mine's just mine's just twenty pages of uh, stuff. 
<laughs> well, shoot it over to me as soon as I can. You know oh, I will because I try and read I everybody's stuff. But it's it's been really hard to balance work with the kids all being home and doing distance learning and having to manage them during the day because let's face it, the little ones, the minute I walk away, they're on YouTube. They're, no. you know, bringing up other tabs. And if I'm not sitting right there watching them do what they're supposed to do, they're not going to do it. Have so you, have you considered is managing them? Have you considered chloroform? You know what? <laughs> <laughs> then they don't get their work done. And yes. Oh, right, right. Yeah. That, that, My, that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> I, would, I would just ask people um, to ask themselves, are you on your dot? And if you are, keep going. And if you're not, what do you need to do to get there? Right. That would be. I love it. What well, I, would put I, out that, there. I, I dig it. it. And it's that perfectly is. on brand. That yeah. is the project. I'll tell you one thing, man. Your branding is awesome. I, I love your branding. That, that that that's a definite great first step. Absolutely. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I have a creative producer working with me. It's really, really nice. helpful there. Yeah. Nice. That is awesome. All right. Well, I think that's it for us. Um, oh, I forgot to give my message. Guys that don't know already, I'm doing readings every Sunday. I'm reading a new chapter from A Weapon of Magical Destruction. You can follow along. All the previous chapters are already on my YouTube. And each week I just add the next one on there. So youtube.com slash And you can check out the first eight chapters, or sorry, first nine chapters so far. And chapter 10 will be read tomorrow. Yes. And that is it for us. We will be back next week with some more people to talk with, some more fun conversation, and maybe we'll bring Brian back on. He's going to be our regular again. <laughs> Stellar. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank oh, you so much thanks for, being for coming. Our second sponsor. Oh, shoot. Oh, oh. He's going to kill me. All right. <laughs> Our sponsor, who we love and adore, and please don't get the cattle prod out, Rebecca. We love you. Rebecca is the awesome author, and she's also the CEO of uh, Three Furies Press, who we were talking about earlier, is a, a wonderful publisher. But she has some amazing books that you will be entertained by. So please stop by her website, check out her books, and, and tell her not to cattle prod us, because we love her so much. <laughs> well, can't cattle prod me. I don't work for her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not scared All right, of you. guys. We Thank will talk you. to you next time. <laughs>